Long ago, two small towns nestled along the banks of a great river. One town was named Status, the other Quo. This is where Anastasia was born. And since the population of each town was less than a hundred people, years ago the towns decided to govern their affairs jointly. There was one town manager, one school board, one committee for zoning and planning. And the primary purpose of each was to make sure that nothing ever changed. Town meetings were held on Tuesday evenings at 7.30, whether or not there was business to conduct. But generally, there was business, for it is more difficult than might be imagined to stem the tide of change. It takes great vigilance and energy. If it were not for townspeople periodically trying to introduce new ideas, life would be perfectly and easily managed, the town manager often lamented. The town manager of status and quo was a clever man. He was large and round, his great belly preceding him as he walked with a heavy step down the town's cobbled streets. His hair had long since fallen away, as if it had flown from the sound of his loud voice, so filled with authority. His complexion was ruddy, his sideburns bristly and black, and he had impatient fingers that continually touched and twirled the stray hairs of his wiry mustache. The town manager knew everyone, and everyone knew him. He liked it that way. It meant many perks in the businesses around town. It meant influence, power. How else could the mindless repetition of endless conversations and actions be ensured if the town manager did not have this control? All rules and regulations were written down in a large black book called the Book of Laws, which he kept safely stored in a weathered leather chest beneath his desk. The good people of status and quo believed there was a God who watched over their villages. God could not be seen, but certain men in the towns were thought to hold special knowledge of what appeased this God and what God was truly like. These men were greatly respected and recognized by the townspeople as the all-knowing ones. Their ideas about the ways of God were the authority, and they alone decided which beliefs about God were correct. Their views were informed by studying the life of a man named Jesus, who lived and walked on the earth 2,000 years before. The all-knowing ones attested to the fact that he lives even today. But in reality, they taught that nothing was valid unless it looked like the past. It was not thought that a person might freshly meet the one who lives if that experience did not agree with the parameters of God that were already clearly drawn and meticulously guarded. Their teachings leaned towards safer things, like scholarship, being right, and memorizing the permissible knowledge. Consequently, Bubbling young children were frequently drilled on events in the lives of religious ancestors and the nature of acceptable experiences. The children were proud of the facts they memorized and could recite many things. Thus, things in status and quo ran very smoothly. The shops hummed, and all ceremonies for the worship of God were appropriately formal and well-organized. 
The past was revered, and the future seemed to be secure. Life and status in quo went along in its protective rhythm of work, produce, stay the same. Work, produce, stay the same. Until the stranger arrived, and it all began to change. He dropped into status in a gleaming silver machine that had great wings like an eagle. No one had ever seen anything like it. He claimed to have come from the great mountains far to the east. Legend held that within those mountains was the river's secret source. The town manager felt that such tales only produced questions and longings, so it was forbidden to talk about the mountains or the river. <laughs> 